listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the twelve, Fear no one. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed nor secret that will not be made known. What I say to you in darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly Father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. I greet you with the greeting of St. Francis. May the Lord give you his peace. Amen. We've been praying for rain. The Lord is watering all the flowers for us. Thank you, Lord. He even watered the artificial flowers. <laughs> we have some really great, great theme today in the, in the church. Praise God. Um, I love this image of, of God the Father being so attentive to all the details. We're told by Jesus, he even counts the hairs on your head. Um, you imagine like uh, a mother or a father holding a newborn baby, just, you know, that close, like right there. And I told the Lord this morning, I wish you wouldn't pluck the hairs as you counted them, <laughs> okay? <laughs> getting easier and easier to count them all right not such a big deal okay <laughs> but no praise god praise god and um but there's a, a particular word in today's gospel which is what i would really like to focus on just one line here and it really got me in my prayer time so jesus tells us do not be afraid you are worth more than many sparrows that word, worth, that word, worth, what is he trying to tell us? There are three places in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus says this. Earlier, he would have said something similar. Look how God takes care of all the birds, but you're worth more. And then at, after this, he'll say about the lambs. So you're worth more. So for the Jewish people at the time, the birds, the sparrows that are purchased, the lambs, these were animals that were used for sacrifice. They had great value to people. In their religion, they, you would have to go to the temple and there would be the sacrifice of the animals the, for the forgiveness of sins. And so Jesus shows up to say that you're worth more than all of that because he himself will die the one sacrifice that takes away sins. It's really something quite profound that Jesus is telling us here. It's just amazing. You know, the other day um, we had the passage at Mass where Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And, I, and as I was praying over that, I thought, 
of the recent feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and it really dawned on me that we are God's treasure. And his, we are in his heart. So those words of Jesus applied back to him. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. That's the whole meaning and the reason why he came. Because of how highly he values us. We have a tremendous value and worth in the eyes of God. It is amazing. And this is the fundamental message of, of what we believe. Um, I prayed something similar in the opening prayer. So let me remind you of what we prayed there, that we would be set firm on the foundation of God's love. That we would be set firm on the foundation, not of anything other than God's love. And so I want to talk about this word worth. What does it mean to be worth something? And I think there are two ways in which we could go astray. We could make a mistake. So the first way is that we find our worth in anything other than God. And it's so easy to do, right? Especially, I think, in our modern culture. You think of all the different ways that people see their own value, their own worth. You think of what we would call utility, that you're useful, that you're a productive citizen, that you're pulling your weight, that you have something to contribute. And because of that, now you have value. And I think that's a big mistake, that our value, our worth, isn't found in any of those things, actually. Even if you could play piano as beautiful as Michael, sing as beautifully as Jamie, light candles as well as Brother Pius, well, there's one candle still burning. Okay, brother, not a total. <laughs> Can't help it. Um, but this, and this can become a struggle, particularly when you hit the older stage of life, when you, you have to retire, you can't do what you used to do. And if you find, like, who my value is because of all these things I can do, wrong. No, no, no. Our dignity, our value, our worth is in God alone. In God alone, it's not anything that we can do or produce or, you know, any of that. It's in God alone. The fact that God created us, that he loves us, and this is why Jesus came. So we wouldn't have to wonder. We can know God loves us, each one of us. If he knows every hair on your head, he certainly knows everything about you. And this is the fundamental message of Jesus. This is where our worth, this is where our value comes from. So whatever we happen to have, good health or bad health, it doesn't matter because our value doesn't come from anything other than from God himself. This is amazing. This is beautiful. Um, and I share this as well, for, especially for young people. We're seeing something now, these studies are coming in, something that we've never seen before, an unprecedented amount of depression and anxiety and even suicide rates because of the stupid internet and the smartphones and the social media and the young people, you know, they find their value and their worth, like how many likes or thumbs up or hearts did you get? And uh, you're, that's a very, it's a vulnerable stage of life, so we have to really help our young people to understand that none of that 
has anything to do with your value or your dignity. You know, everybody has a false image they project on social media. Like, if you're having a bad hair day, you know, this is me if I sleep on this side, okay? <laughs> you, you don't put that on social media, right? And you have filters to, like, take the blemishes away, and you look so, you know, and it's so fake and false. And what it's doing, especially to young people, is terrible. And so in the midst of that struggle, we hear the Lord saying to us today that you have tremendous worth and value because God loves you. That's why. That's why. Now, the second way that we can make a mistake or, or an error is more subtle and more prevalent, and that is thinking that I don't have worth at all. And I, I, in conversations I'm having, especially in the confessional, I hear this again and again and again when we're confronted with our sinfulness, the broken woundedness of our human nature, the ways that we sin, the ways that we fall short, the ways that we are imperfect. There's a, a subtle temptation of the devil, and I have to call it for what it is, that maybe I don't have value or worth. And you see, you see that experience for so many people because of the struggles that might be there. And into that struggle, we hear the Lord Jesus saying, you have more value and worth than you could understand. So much value and worth that God himself came to save us, to forgive us, to fill us with his grace. This is what it's all about. And so I'm going to conclude by sharing with you a, a very interesting quote about um, this idea of the worth that we have because of God. So what happened was I ended up going down a rabbit hole, <laughs> like Alice in Wonderland, okay? And I'm going to bring you on the rabbit hole with me, okay? And so I'm going to quote to you a Christmas carol. So I know that in the month of June, it's like I'm always thinking about Christmas because I hate the hot weather. <laughs> so it's an interesting thing on um, Christmas Eve, which is that beautiful liturgy of the church, right? Jesus being born in the middle of the night, Christmas Eve in 1818, in a little village in Austria, for the very first time, people heard the Christmas carol, Holy Night, Silent Night. You know, the beautiful, you know, words to that Christmas carol. Well, a little bit later on Christmas Eve, in France, in 1847, for the very first time, people heard the Christmas carol, O Holy Night, another beautiful, amazing hymn that, uh, we, that the words are so profound. And then again, Christmas Eve, 1903, was the very first radio broadcast. And in that first radio broadcast, it was a man from Canada named Reginald Fessenden. He had been working with Thomas Edison, who was near this area. And on Christmas Eve in 1906, it was near Plymouth, Massachusetts, was the very first radio broadcast. And what they played was, O Holy Night. And they read an account of Jesus' birth from the Gospel of Luke. That's how it all started. And so I want to conclude by quoting to you this line from the Christmas carol, O Holy Night, and how it complements the message that Jesus is giving us here, the meaning 
of Jesus' coming to save us. So as I say the words, I'm sure you'll hear the melody in, in, your, in your mind. O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. It's a reference to Easter and the resurrection. Yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. O hear the angel voices. O night divine. O night when Christ was born. O night, O holy night. O night divine. Amen. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans Thank you.